how is the miasma of the post Kavanaugh hearings going for you? Um, well, it's over. I guess I'm I'm in recovery. Now, it's, uh, recovery from what? I mean, you know, is, how are the midterms doing? How are the midterms doing? Um, I'd say the I'd say the midterms are right on schedule. We we've, we've gone from um, the the press kind of looking at uh, the everything Democrat and blue wave oriented. And um, we seem to be getting some some balance back and uh, coverage of, of uh, the conservative side. And uh, up to the point where, where the, the press is beginning to do stories about uh, congressional districts that won't flip or might not flip because they're, they're more red than purple. Mm-hmm. Um, Thing, things like that. So don't you think that uh, uh, we're starting to see uh, the normalization of the idea that the House is up for uh, grabs uh, into the House is not up for grabs? Oh, I, I, if I understand your question, I would say uh, the, the, the normalization is that the House is up for grabs, even up to the point where uh, there have been stories about the 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 GOP kind of writing off the the House and and trying to build a firewall in in the, in the Senate. Well, but I mean, is, th- to me, that's kind of uh, uh, moving the goalposts all, already because the idea of uh, the Senate being up for grabs, I think, was ludicrous to begin with. Well, I think it was a uh, as as they might have said, a bridge too far. But mm-hmm. but then again. Um, when when those stories were rampant, it was uh, you know many weeks ago, and it was definitely a possibility that you had to uh, to look at. Time time has uh, made that incredibly uh, or increasingly unlikely. Uh, there there may be some some surprises on both the the blue side and the red side in in the Senate races, but it's it's becoming difficult to see how um, the, that part of the Congress uh, flips. Right. Uh, but uh, as I know, we've said uh, on the Gilmore Gang and, and other uh, venues, at least from my perspective, the, uh, the thing that's in play is the media and how they're uh, effectively or not monetizing uh, the midterms. Uh, it, it's moved from a horse race about uh, the, the Supreme Court to being a horse race about uh, the midterms. And uh, the notion of it being a horse race, I think, is fundamentally uh, suspect. Oh, I don't know. I think that's what the press tends to do in, in any kind of situation. They, they look to have two sides to compare and contrast so that they have a story to report. Right. Well, I think that that's true. But then there's the uh, devolution, if you will, of uh, respect for the media because they're constantly trying to rationalize uh, what's going on into, uh, you know, a, uh, a stream of opinionated, uh, useless uh, uh, information. 
Well, I don't think it's all useless. It's, it's, but we don't know what what is what was useful until after the fact of the election. Well, but you know, guessing uh, as you do in your role as an analyst, guessing about uh, what information is more or less useful. What would you? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're a big fan of the New York Times, as am I. Uh, do you consider them to be a credible source? Uh, the, you know, the guy, Nate, Nate Silver, uh, is he uh, making any noise right now in terms of what he thinks is happening? You know, I have not followed Nate Silver. I, I have not heard uh, any prognostications from him. So I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a blank slate mm -hmm. uh, where, where that's concerned. The Times? Uh, well, not not the time so much, but Nate Silver. Right. So I'm now I'm flipping back to the times. Got it. Got it. Do you see any uh, useful uh, uh, information coming out of the times about what's going to happen in terms of uh, flipping the house? I do. Um, you know, at the individual race level, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know. The, the, the Times is, I think, less interested in um, races involving, say, Heidi Heitkamp in, in North Dakota or Joe Manchin in West Virginia um, than it is interested in um, Beto O'Rourke in, in Texas. And so I, I, I think there's a I think there's a bit more coverage on O'Rourke, uh, relatively little on Manchin. I think Heidi Heitkamp had her um, star turn uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings and uh, her subsequent vote uh, against the nomination uh, for what she described as, you know, I, I think highly principled reasons. And the question then becomes, is, is Heitkamp so far uh, behind her opponent in North Dakota that uh, she's likely to lose. The, the official polling results show a, a 10 point gap and people on the ground say, well, it's, 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 not, that, it's not that far apart. And uh, it, some people even suggest that uh, she, she could win the election. Really? Yeah. Oh, that, that, but that, again, this is about, not about the House, it's about the Senate. Right, so right, it's about the Senate. Are you using the Senate as a, as a sort of a trend uh, predictor for what's going to happen in the House? Oh, no, no. I, you know, there, there are only about 33, 34 seats up in, in the Senate, so it's a little easier to track. Mm -hmm. um, I forget who, but somebody in the Times today had a, an interesting piece on um, the up or down ticket races uh, in each state that could affect uh, the outcome of, of closely watched Senate and House races. For example, in Texas, uh, Governor uh, Greg Abbott, I think his name's Greg, isn't it? Governor Abbott is um, up for re-election and, uh, you know, he's a strong conservative and, and the author this morning was, was suggesting that uh, uh, he might be enough to, uh, to bring conservatives to the polls who would uh, vote for Ted Cruz as opposed to uh, Beto O'Rourke? It's all it's all about who comes to the to the actual election, not not just sentiment in in the in the in the polling. 
Well, uh, then let me just ask this directly. Do you see any kind of indication from your uh, coverage uh, of the New York Times reporting or any other authoritative publication that you might use that suggests that uh, the Democrats can get over the barrier of 23 flips in order to be able to take control of the House? Um, I would say the the gestalt right now is that the the Democrats will likely flip 23 and take titular control of the House. I think uh, the smart money suggests that you need a lot more than 23 flips to have effective control. I think the number I saw was more like 60. You need a delta between the two parties of about 60 uh, voters uh, in the House to, to have true control. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, just in terms of uh, uh, the uh, committee chairman, uh, you need one vote control. True that. You, yeah, you need... and that, that brings in into play uh, uh, some of the more, uh, some of the capabilities, including subpoena power that have uh, uh, underlined uh, the difficulty of uh, that the Democrats have in terms of getting anywhere, in terms of uh, slowing down uh, their competitors. You're so right. It's it's all about the subpoena power. So do you, do you really think that this is going to? Uh, what would you say from your gut feelings is the uh, percentage possibility of uh, of that occurring? Not. 60 votes, but 23 or 24, whatever it takes. I would I would say the likelihood that the Democrats can can take control of the House is quite high. I might I might give it a a, a 0.85 probability. And so, to my mind, that you know factors into what the media sees as their uh, rationalization for monetization of their product, which is the so-called horse race. Uh, you know, in other words, if you have a, you don't have a story if the story is the same thing is happening now that was happening before today. That's not a story. I mean, that's why they call it news. Well, true, true enough. However, I think, um, I think the news media is pretty well insulated. They, they, they make money regardless of the outcome of the election. And um, a, there are a lot of millions of dollars that are uh, being spent by candidates on uh, local media. Even, uh, so that I think, um, yeah, they win. They win no matter what. The, 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 fact that, uh, the fact that they cover a horse race might bring in uh, some additional uh, uh, ad buys from real advertisers, but uh, those advertisers seem to be pretty well saturating the, the airwaves already. Mm-hmm. Selling so, soap and things. Right. Well, but that's a good thing, uh, is that the people are, still need to wash. Uh, Precisely. You know, and yeah. sm- smell better. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's that's why the media doesn't lose. The media, the media keeps selling ads. 
So why do you think that uh, that that there's a strong possibility? I guess is the way that you'd characterize it. Uh, that that there are going to be enough uh, people coming out uh, on the Democratic side uh, in order to be able to have a meaningful impact uh, and overcome voter suppression and uh, uh, anger and all of the things that uh, have driven uh, the Republicans and Trump in particular into office. Uh, How is that how do they do that and why are you reasonably confident or uh, the people that you're looking at who for uh, insight are reasonably confident that it's going to flip? I think there's three reasons. Um, They can be summarized as history, women, and economy. Uh, History, historically, uh, president's party loses seats in the legislature uh, during off-year elections. That's been true except in uh, the war, the, the, the last Middle East war when George Bush was president, I think in uh, 2002 and maybe 2006. No, 2006 was a big Democrat year. Um, so uh, I th- maybe the time before that was Clinton, I don't recall. But there have been a couple of instances in in the last 30 years where uh, the president's party hadn't lost seats. However, I think uh, historically uh, the trend is that the president's party does lose seats. Why? Uh, in this year, in this case, uh, there have been plenty of stories about uh, the female vote, the women voters um, being more or less fed up with um, what they see and hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, from the administration for a variety of reasons, ranging from sexual harassment to uh, the the Kavanaugh nomination to the concern about abortion rights and and lots of other things. Mm -hmm. The third thing is is the economy. Uh, Trump seems to be trying to run on the economy. Um, And this this is just me uh, doing analysis and saying the following. I think the economy is an important... Uh, driver of voting and and can get voters pretty riled up, but it works best when the uh, the economy is not doing well. When the economy isn't doing well, there's a recession or, or what have you. People uh, tend to get agitated and, and want change. Uh, Trump is is betting that uh, a good economy is going to um, have have a good effect for him, and I think. I think he's selling that to his base, but his base isn't 50% of the voting population. Mm. It's, it, it's a big chunk of the Republican Party. Um, and it, so therefore, this all goes back to what I said earlier. It really depends on who comes to vote. Right, turnout. So, yeah. uh, so how, does, how, does the, how do the Democrats uh, turn out uh, groups that have traditionally not been turned out, like young people and uh, uh, minorities, and you know the the kinds of you know not necessarily because of a lack of interest on the part of uh, minority groups, but uh, I, I suppose minorities is not really the right term since the Republicans are actually the minority. But uh, you you get my drift. Uh, there are yep. There are, you know, voter suppression, etc. There are things that uh, 
drive down the numbers uh, of the uh, Democrats to the and independents to the point where uh, it, it, you know the uh, lack of a majority on the part of the Republicans is overcomes uh, you know the inability of the Democrats to get people out to vote. Well, good point. Uh, I think you know you always have to be concerned about uh, voter suppression, especially legal suppression, suppression that that basically delivers a message that, oh, you know, don't bother, you can't win. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you if you look at the polling that's been going on for quite a while, um, the the Democratic base uh, has been um, activated for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, the Republican base has recently caught up to them. Um, I, I think the the Democratic grievances are uh, um, more, more in, ingrained, more hard hitting. I think it's, it's, it's easier to maintain, um, um, enthusiasm, um, on the side that, that feels like it, it, it's losing and it's got something to win, um, than it is to, um, uh, maintain the enthusiasm of, on the side that, uh, has done nothing but, uh, win. If you, if you look at, Things like the uh, the Gorsuch and, and Kavanaugh nominations, and finally the the, the polling the polling of uh, the generic polling I think out of Marist, uh, dealing with uh, the generic Republican versus Democrat ballot, um, have consistently showed that uh, the general public generally prefers a uh, to vote for a Democrat this time for Congress. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, that's that is not that's that's very far from money in the bank. When you start putting do real you, people in, into the equation, everything cha can change. Do you see uh, the the so-called hidden Trump vote uh, manifesting itself again? Yeah, you know there was an interesting article in the Times again uh, this morning of um, um, a college-educated uh, males uh, in Ohio, um, people who. Um, who keep their opinions to themselves, but uh, you know when when they're among themselves and they let their hair down, they 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 will admit that uh, even though they might have not been Trump supporters initially, they're they're very pleased with uh, the tax cut and the stock market, and uh, and as a consequence, are, are likely highly likely to vote for Trump uh, or Trump's party in in the coming elections, and therefore. So I think that that answers uh, the question about hidden vote, or at least begins to answer it. So we've got basically what three and a half weeks now. Oh yeah, I can't wait till that's over. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but, but assuming that that there's going to be a, an outcome that is worth waiting for. Uh, but uh, it, how do you see the? these next few weeks sort of breaking out uh you know it's been kind of nice to have a, a vacation from the horrors of uh you know uh, an interesting uh, uh event from my perspective is is that fox news has uh at least publicly su suggested that they're not carrying most of or 
any of, in some cases, of uh, Trump's uh, campaign speeches uh, because, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's n nothing new, I think, is why it's happening. But the, more than that, the, evidently, the uh, ratings are dropping. Hmm, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think that this is going to be determinative uh, necessarily, but it does suggest that uh, that hidden vote and the uh, uh, you know, the, the strength of activation uh, on the part of the Republicans uh, is going to continue to hold. I don't know. I think um, I think what you're what you're suggesting with with uh, the, the, the Fox uh, broadcasting is something that uh, reflects something that I've been saying for a while, which is that I think Trump is, has jumped the shark. As, as a TV and ratings phenomenon. And I think, uh, I think it, it's just a matter of time before he, ru he runs out of gas, um, even within his base. I mean, his base is pretty rock solid, but it's not a majority of anything. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that could be a serious problem. His, his, his whole shtick has been that he's, he, he, he's trying to, trying to have trying to push his reality show version of politics into the independence and hoping that he can, you know, score enough of them to, to carry uh, majorities. And uh, if he, if he is indeed jumping the shark, um, that's wearing out. Right. So the, this kind of middle of uh, independence and women seem to be, uh, you know, the, uh, the strongest indication of which way this is going to go. Yeah, I think so. I, I, gee, you know, there's another statistic that I, I don't remember where I saw it, but I can see it in my mind of uh, white college educated males um, being roughly tied at, at, fifth, at in the forties in the high 40 percentile or percentage points um, pro and con Trump and his policies. So, you know, he's got a strong base. I don't know what he's got outside of that. If, if he's got enough to enough gas in the tank to, to push him across the finish line. Yeah. And the question is, is whether uh, the characteristics of the so-called hidden vote uh, are uh, operative in a uh, off year, uh, non-presidential uh, election. Uh, Trump isn't the candidate, but I, I think people are going to vote on that basis. Whether he's the candidate or not, they're going to vote on either thumbs up on Trump or thumbs down on Trump. Well, I, I would I would agree with you, but I think I'd, I'd say that people who vote will vote that way. So it again becomes a question of turnout. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, uh, that's our snapshot. Anything you think anything's going to happen next week that, that's going to change the calculation that we've described? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to see a ramp up uh, from here into the election over the next three weeks. I think we've had a we've had a a, a strange intercession between um, the next three weeks and uh, the the Kavanaugh hearings that went before with this whole Saudi Arabian mess. Um, 
I, I think we're, we're about to see um, some trouble with, with the Saudis, uh, not necessarily between us and the Saudis, but I think, uh, I think it's, there's going to be some question about just how Trump is managing foreign affairs uh, if he doesn't take a very strong stand on um, what, what the Saudis did at their consulate in, in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And what about the China situation? It seems that uh, some of his leverage uh, around uh, North Korea seems to be being eaten up by uh, uh, the tariff situation and uh, how a trade war is impacting on the China relationship. Yeah, I, it's, geez, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's it's showing me that the guy doesn't know how to handle uh, international. Um, relations i think there's there's no doubt that a lot of there's been a lot of pent-up um anger and disappointment in the united states about um how china has behaved since the, the joining the wto in 1999 um stealing ipo or i uh, yeah, yeah intellectual property yes thank you ip mm-hmm. Uh, stealing IP and um, uh, doing other kinds of, of industrial espionage. Um, so I don't, I don't think there are a lot of people that would be against Trump for taking a hard line with China. However, um, the, the goal isn't to take a hard line. The, the goal is to get results. And I think he's, he's, doing, he's, he's doing squirrely things. Well, on the other hand, he uh, seemed to pull off the NAFTA reorg uh, successfully. Well, did he? And that's what I'm asking you. I, from what I from what I've seen and what I uh, he he changed the name of NAFTA, and I'm not sure I'm not sure there's a whole lot of other. Um, substantive stuff. I mean, there is some substantive stuff, certainly the way the United States and Canada deal with dairy imports and exports is, is one example. Um, how, how they deal with, with car fabrication is another. But, you know, it's NAFTA is a big, a, a big thing. And uh, from what I've seen, uh, it, it's been suggested that uh, uh, Trump has uh, pretty much just Chipping away around the edges, not necessarily causing major substantive change. Right, but you know, major substantive change uh, may be over uh, overrated. Is it? I mean, why uh, it, why why embark on this if you're not looking for major substantive changes? Well, it, it's who's your customer? Uh, it, Trump's customer is the uh, voters, and. Uh, you know, he's trying to stay in office. Well, Trump's voter, Trump's Trump's customers are the people who, especially people in, in the Rust Belt who are um, concerned about job security. And, you know, whether, whether you look at uh, Harley Davidson leaving the country because of the tariffs or soybean farmers worried about how they're going to sell their products or, or Hog farmers who are uh, and chicken farmers uh, who are finding that uh, they can't they can't get prices at market for for, for what they used to get uh, for their products simply because uh, there's a glut all of a sudden because China's not buying what it bought so um, 
so if you you look at some of that, uh, there's there are a lot of people who are Trump supporters uh, who are feeling those economic strains. Uh, many of them are still uh, very loyal to Trump, but uh, right. You know, I don't know. I so don't the, know how you the facts, that the facts don't necessarily uh, play to his advantage, but the emotion does because uh, his voters are. Uh, accustomed to years of neglect and, you know, basically we don't care about your problems. Uh, I mean, that's how they frame it. And I think that there's some degree of truth to it. Oh, there's a great degree of truth to it. Uh, If you go back to, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, Thomas Frank's book, what's, what's the matter with Kansas? Um, What Frank discovered in that book was, was that, uh, uh, People care a great deal about economics, uh, about their own personal economics, and, and that um, Republicans had been, uh, at that point in history, uh, spiffing up the economy in time for an election, whereas Democrats were, were spiffing up the economy after they won an, uh, an election as a way of demonstrating that they were filling a campaign promise. So. Um, what happens is the Democrats' uh, goodwill all, all uh, dis- dissipated by the time of the next election, whereas uh, the Republicans were, um, you know, building goodwill uh, coming into an election. Now, um, look at what Trump's doing. He's Trump is in that regard kind of acting like a Democrat because he's doing things that are messing up the economy going into uh, the election. Uh, I almost understood that last point. Trump is is not spiffing up the economy as much as uh, uh, typical typical Republican policy has done it in the past. Right. As a matter of fact, the, the tariffs and the reaction of the world community to the tariffs is, I think, causing uh, causing Trump's economy to be less wonderful for, for the very people that uh, he's depending on to, to vote his way. So you're thinking that this is uh, uh, perhaps the fundamental uh, indicator of, what, of whether the House flips? I wouldn't say that because every race is local. But if you look at uh, states that were blue that Trump won, uh, their manufacturing states, their their agriculture states, in some some regards, um, there have been a few stories, more than a few stories recently, about um, those states coming back to the, the the blue fold, if you want to think of it mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. which which is um, a good thing for a party trying to flip the house. All right. Well, I I think that we've. Uh... Uh, I feel marginally more uh, intelligent at this point, and it's certainly not coming from me. So, uh, thank it's you. It's certainly not coming from me. I'm. Uh, you can't. We can't both be wrong. We can all be wrong. Okay. All right, Dennis. Think, think of the flat Earth theory. What? Think of a flat Earth theory. Everybody was wrong about that. Uh, you mean that? That's not true. It's it's elephants all the way down. 
it's elephants and alligators. All right, listen, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, uh, your uh, ability and willingness to read as much of the New York Times as necessary to be able to get some facts uh, rather than fakes. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll go on from here. Let's see what happens next week. It's always a pleasure, Steve. I hope you have a good week. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thanks.